0: Welcome in. Good to have you. Bill Michael's show on the air. On the air. And uh, it is, you You don't get many days like this that are picture perfect. and I mean, literally perfect. It's 75 degrees. It is sunny, a little breeze. I am sitting outside on the stage at the Harley-Davidson Museum motorcycles are pulling in people are going to motor for lunch you've got other people coming by and getting registered for the motorcycle ride coming up this weekend you got a few groups that just went to the museum people are shopping at the outlet and shopping at the gift shop taking pictures all over the campus it doesn't get much better than this and then we start talking a little bit of fantasy football we bring in our buddy paul charge
1: how you doing pal i am doing great harley davidson museum so yeah, you get all the the, the long storied history of Har- old Harleys, right? You get—I uh, yeah. I imagine, right? You get—you uh, know—do they get the leather chaps? Do they have—I uh, <laughs> don't know—maybe the leather thong they go with it? You can have a lot of fun oh, with that. That's you're fantastic.
0: A, you're going down a wicked path right now, man. That's—that's uh, oh, that's a visual. Yeah. I, I don't—I don't see you <laughs> and Roxy sitting around in the uh, in the leather
1: leather thongs, the leather thong no probably not no 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 but you know but you know if you go to Sturgis once you know you go to yes. Sturgis a clean cut nice kid you come home with a leather thong and a Harley Davidson that's yep. not so bad
0: yep that's not so bad at all it's a hell of a lifestyle there's no doubt so the other side of the lifestyle is as I sit here in the in the, in the biker shirt but yet as I'm on uh, you know, and in the draft room right now uh, of the league. So uh, you had said, take a tight end. And as luck yeah. you know has it, I ended up with Travis Kelsey uh, with my first pick. And since then, I've kind of filled in. And I ended up with Aaron Rodgers, oddly enough. But yeah. that being said, I had uh, a question today. And there's a couple of people that have particular players they want to draft, but they're banged up. And the question then becomes, should you take a player in your draft, even though they may be a high-end quality player, that is coming into the season already with an
1: injury? Depends on the injury, how long that player is going to be out for, the nature of the injury. Um, Like Jackson Smith and Jigba is an elite rookie receiver prospect. Um, broke his wrist, and we're like, oh, God, that's going to be a while. But now he's already catching passes. And it looks like he's going to come back sooner than hope. Joe Burrow, at one point, there was talk he could miss a month of the regular season. Looks like he's going to go at the start of the season. So mostly, the, it looks like the, the kinds of injuries we're looking at are relatively minor that aren't going to be ones that they'll force guys to miss a bunch of times. So... Right now, we're feeling pretty good about most of these players. If you're, and a lot of times you're going to get them at value because other people don't want them there. You know, they don't want to take the risk, but right? I'm, you know,
0: my yeah. Uh, this one is from Mark, who says, uh, "Hey, charge.
1: Would you take Jared Goff or Geno Smith?" Well, that's close, and I love I love the strategy. They're they're my number eleven and number twelve ranked quarterbacks. They're right by each other. Um, I got. I have. I have. Uh, I got Jared Goff one spot higher, just because I'm. I like the totality of the Lions' offense a little better than the totality of the Seahawks' offense. But you know, you're really in. You're really close. But broadly, I like this question because this person is doing what I'm doing. I think if I can't get one of these elite rushing quarterbacks, Bill, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, guys, guys that are going to augment every box score with a bunch of rushing yards. Well, then I'm waiting, and I'm not taking Joe Burrow, the next guy, the next guy up, as a pure passer, because he's not going to help me with his legs. And I can get 80 percent of Joe Burrow's passing output from Geno Smith and Jared Goff, and I can do it eight rounds later. And so I, I get almost all of that so much later in the draft that it's to me those are those aren't players I'm taking. So. That's why I'm waiting. You know, you waited a little bit to get Aaron Rodgers on your guillotine league team. I wait even more generally. And, you know, I wait a long time and I go get guys like that. So I, I approve of the strategy.
0: Jonathan Taylor is the the guy we've been talking about a lot this morning, not just because it's been a topic in regards to the Green Bay Packers, but now you've got a guy, one, he's on the pup list. Should you be taking him? Because he can be an explosive player, but he's incredibly unhappy in Indianapolis. And just past experience, right. Paul, I've always found that guys that hold out guys that are unhappy they don't perform well and I'm even a little bit fearful I mean now granted we're not drafting a bunch of defensive players but I'm even fearful that Bosa is going to take a step back because of his unhappiness regarding the situation out in San Francisco and when you start missing time you start missing practices I don't care what people say how good a player you are it does affect you in some way
1: shape or form do would you take Jonathan Taylor well, now since the news of that, you know, the non-trade and the fact that he's on the, the, uh, the Pup List for four weeks, his, stat, his, his draft status, he's dropped to the sixth round, the seventh round of drafts. So you're going to have to wait a month. Then you're going to get to start Jonathan Taylor, and maybe he's going to run mad. Maybe, you know, maybe he's going to be angry. You know, we would take that. Now, what he can't do, he can't hold out for very long after that. There's some people that are worried Jonathan Taylor after the four weeks is gonna be like, F you, I'm not playing. But the problem is right. he's gotta be he's gotta play ten games or else it'll toll his contract and he'll have to redo this year. So, you know, that would not work for him. So he's gonna to have to play at that point. So I think he's gonna I think he comes back, and the idea would be you're getting a first round talent in Jonathan Taylor. You're gonna get him in the sixth or seventh round play 500 ball until he comes back go 2 and 2 in the first four weeks and then come back with Jonathan Taylor and that's a viable strategy. So uh, w- every year there's
0: a guy that comes out of nowhere that you kind of look at as being pretty good but you're not quite sure and then he has that breakout season. We saw Jamal Williams here with the Packers. He was mm-hmm. he was good. He was really well liked. He w- he goes to Detroit, man. And lit it up, and he was being featured for his dancing and the energy and such that he brings to that team. And I still think there may be a letdown offensively for not having that energy and enthusiasm and that kind of that straw that stirs the drink with Jared Goff and company. However, he ends up with a bunch of touchdowns last year. Give me a guy that may end up like that, like a a Williams that ends up just kind of finding the right spot and the right fit that you feel could end up really being a score in fantasy.
1: Yeah, and, and we love touchdowns. I mean, you know, we're here for the touchdowns more than anything else. You mentioned Jamal Williams, seventeen touchdowns out of the blue last year, two years ago. Damian Harris had fifteen touchdowns. So who could who could surprise us with fifteen touchdowns? Uh we've talked already about Damian Pierce, who I love. I'm gonna move on from him for a second and give you another name. JK Dobbins, the starting running back for the Ravens, going up the board in the in round six. Here's my case for how we can get to 15 touchdowns. Prior to last year, when Baltimore's whole offense was hurt, Dobbins was hurt, uh, the quarterback situation was bad, right? You know, uh, Lamar Jackson missed the second half of the season. There was, you know, all kinds of Gus Edwards got hurt. You know, the whole thing was bad. Prior to that, the Ravens ranked in rushing touchdowns were sixth, fifth, third, and tenth the previous four years. So they score a bunch of rushing touchdowns. And but Bill, I know their listeners going, oh, but George, that's Lamar Jackson running in those touchdowns, not the quarterbacks. But it's not. He's only a two and three rushing touchdowns the last two years. Baltimore's running backs have scored 14 or more touchdowns in five of the past six seasons, and the touchdown guy is J.K. Dobbins. And you know, they've got a new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. He might get this Baltimore offense out of the Stone Age. There's there's a there's 15 touchdown upside for J.K. Dobbins in the sixth round of your draft. Even with coming back from the ankle injury,
0: and the one thing I will say is they just cut Melvin Gordon. Remember, they signed Melvin Gordon. They thought that he might put some pressure on J.K. Dobbins to be a one two punch, and then they subsequently got rid of him. So Dobbins is all you got to think in the back of your head. He had the contract issue. You talk about running mad, he might be running mad too because they tried mm-hmm. to bring somebody in to put pressure on him. It didn't work, but he is coming back from an injury. How much does that play into
1: it? Yeah. Um, apparently the injury's fine. He says he's he's a hundred percent. So I'm going to take his word for it on this. Now he wants a new contract, but he's also done nothing for two years. So I don't. You know the team is right. not going to blink on this. He's he's going to be fully motivated to run for money this year. I like J.K. Dobbins.
0: So uh, a couple of things, uh, you know, later on, uh, I guess uh, in the round, because you look at the Cardinals, and I know you got it in one of the uh, the things you sent me about the Cardinals look to be really bad. I can't take uh, Kyler Murray or even think about anybody offensively down there. He is a half-a-season guy at best. They way overpaid him. I said it at the time. Mm-hmm. Is there anything good in the state of
1: Arizona? Nobody wants anything to do with any Cardinals. And I get it, right? They're, they're playing for Caleb Williams, which I I would too. You know, And, and then it'll be a fascinating offseason, right? They're going to have to try to move Kyler Murray. They're gonna, which is not going to be easy. He's got a, a quarter-billion-dollar contract. It's a terrible deal, as you mentioned. But they're going to move to Kayla Williams. I'm confident of it. So, anyway, there are two guys worth drafting because their value is so low. You know, Their starting wide receiver is Marquise Hollywood-Brown. He's going off the board as wide receiver 35 in the eighth round. And granted, it's going to be like Josh Dobbs and Clayton Toon throwing to him for the first half of the season. But eighth round? For a guy that was wide receiver at right. 15 before he got hurt last year, that's that's really nice value. And then James Conner is running back 22 in the sixth round. And you drafted James Conner on your guillotine league team, and I mm-hmm. like that move. Right. There is nobody else to steal a carry from James Conner in Arizona. The backup is something called Keontae Ingram. He, he, we saw him for like two minutes last year, and he looked terrible. There's no pressure mm-hmm. on James Conner, and we want guys – we are going to get a lot, get the ball in their hand a lot, and that's going to be him. Uh, this one, real quick, this is from Jesse,
0: who says, uh, I just picked up Tua. How much belief should I have in him, or should I be orchestrating a trade
1: early on? I wouldn't trade, but I'd, be, I'd back up Tua with some just stable quarterback that you know can fill in if and when Tua goes down with his next concussion. I mean, I, I don't want to go like – Tua all the way down to Ryan Tannehill. I want to go Tua down, like, a little bit to Derek Carr, who might be a safe player. Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson. Yeah, just give me somebody safe. Tua gives you all that upside with the two great receivers, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. But, you know, any play could be his last, and I can't live like that. I got to know I got somebody else I can turn to
0: uh nathaniel he says uh, hey charge love listening to you he listens to you in minneapolis by the way love listening to you in minnesota uh he says i have garrett wilson but i'm afraid that alan lazard is going to take catches
1: away from him should you have this do you have the same concern uh no Uh, no not at all garrett wilson is an absolute superstar and you guys know what alan lazard is he's just a guy so no I'm, i'm no concern garrett wilson's my number eight ranked wide receiver so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna I, keep going to work. I, well. have a
0: I I mean, everybody thought that Lazard was going to take away catches and be the next guy when Devonte Adams left, and he never was.
1: Yeah, couldn't but do it, right? Kind of he's a not a net not. yeah, yeah. That's it. That's a great. That's a great point. It never you know, Devonte Adams was still the one A, and we know Rodgers can feed his go to receiver, and will do it almost to a fault. By the way, maybe that was Nathaniel Hackett who
2: emailed in.
1: Oh, now it's all starting <laughs> to come together. It was Nathaniel emailing in about Garrett Wilson. Yeah. We we cracked the code. Have you watched any of the uh, Hard Knocks? I've seen uh, about an episode and a half of it.
0: Yeah. Uh, we were talking about it yesterday. I had to turn it off. I The, the, the PR piece that has been done to, uh, I don't know, in mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form, pump up the... Uh, reputation of one Aaron Rodgers just it started to make me ill so I had to, I had to turn it off you know
1: <laughs> man you, okay you Packer fans have come along full circle on this right or 180 I should yeah. say full circle just the, it's the 180 you know forever I couldn't if you said anything bad about Aaron Rodgers the Packer fans are all over you now if anything good even just like PR good with Aaron Rodgers and you guys can't take it come on well, it, was,
0: it, it wasn't it. was that I couldn't take any PR good. I, it, what I couldn't take was the, that it was all good. It was like, a, you know, there was just unicorns flying out of his ass. And it just made me want to, because we know that's not the truth. And there's a very petty, there's a very angry, there's a very uh, backhanded, you know, uh, intelligent, you know, kind of condescending slapper that's out there. But they don't show any of that. And granted, he's in a great space right now and hasn't won a game or lost a game. So I kind of get it. But I I had to turn it off. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Charge, uh, give us a sleeper, bud. Anybody else out there that you might say, hey, pay attention to this?
1: Well, while we're talking about quarterbacks, my favorite sleeper, Sam Howell. I love Sam Howell from Washington. You get mobility. You get a big arm. And I love Jahan Dotson, who is going to emerge as his go-to downfield receiver. Those are two of my absolute favors. Favorites, a couple of rookie running backs have really shined in the preseason. I've got them littered all over my rosters. Tank Bigsby in Jacksonville. It looks like the touchdown guy, the pass-receiving guy in Jacksonville, not Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne being woefully misdrafted right now at running back 12. He's running back 23 on my cheat sheet. And then Tajay Spears, the uh, the backup in Tennessee behind, uh, of course, Derrick Henry, who couldn't be he couldn't be less like Derrick Henry. He's all zip, acceleration, explosiveness, you know, all the stuff that Derrick Henry isn't. If you believe Derrick Henry's on his last legs, they're gonna be working in Tajay Spears a lot, and Spears honestly might end up being the better back between the two this year. Good
0: stuff as always. Hey, real quick, this one came in and said, Should I have any faith at all in Russell Wilson? I have him left over from last
1: season. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a reason to think this thing gets better. Um, I, Jerry Judy is making strides. He won't you won't play Week One, but it'll be probably available Week Two or Three. So yeah, I mean, I, it can't be worse than last year. He finished last year better. Offensive line is healthy. He was hurt all last year. Yeah, I mean, for where he's going, Russell Wilson right now going round 14. Sure, we'll take a we'll take a stab at Russell Wilson. Why not?
0: Charge, great stuff, buddy. I'll talk to you again next week. Okay, thanks. Bye bye. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. I know we went long. I kept him. So whatever radio station throughout the rest of the country is supposed to get him at exactly quarter after, I apologize. But it's always a good conversation with Paul Charchian and just kind of going through the, uh, the draft room. Uh, some of the things that he had to say is, I, you know, I've got kind of in my queue right now some of the guys that I have is Odell Beckham, but one of them is Jerry Judy. Uh, I picked up Jerry Judy. There's two of that is sitting there. Uh, I actually have Jared Goff. Kadarius Toney uh, is another one that's sitting right there. A couple of guys that you look at and you kind of believe in later rounds, things like that. Uh, Rashad Bateman. The wide receiver out of Baltimore, you think that maybe Baltimore, with a, with having bringing in OBJ, maybe things begin to open up for a guy like Rashad Bateman if all the focus goes, uh, goes over to OBJ. So may not be uh, some bad ways to go uh, when it comes to fantasy. Good stuff. Uh, we are broadcasting live. We are down here at the Harley-Davidson Museum, and we are getting ready for the weekend coming up this Sunday, the Motorcycle Ride uh gathers here and leaves here from the museum this sunday no longer over at mke brewing but here at the museum and if you've been in, been with us in the past spread the word to your friends There's still a few people that say hey we'll see you at uh, milwaukee brewing no it's here we've moved it because uh, we have outgrown that space over by the old milwaukee brewing so this is where we're at this weekend and we ride for veterans military members and their families for Fisher House, Wisconsin. So please, please spread the word. Please get pre-registered. Uh, that the, the whole thing with pre-registration is that's beneficial to you because it puts you in to the drawing for some of the prize packages, whether it's the weekend getaway to Four Seasons Island Resort up north with champagne and all that kind of stuff, uh, or it's the weekend getaway to go see the Packers and the Bears open up. Uh, coming up in a couple of weeks down at soldier field and an overnight stay at the uh the sheridan grand riverwalk hotel or uh you also have a whiskey basket and a bourbon basket and a cigar big thing that's all combined in that thing and that's worth some serious cash almost uh, 12 1500 bucks so those are just three prizes just for registering that doesn't even include the post race or post ride prizes as well so Get registered. We're going to have a lot of fun. Bands, music, food, some good stops, and a lot of great riding. 95 plus miles worth of great riding coming up this Sunday. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after.
3: Right this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Seventy-three degrees. Doesn't get much better than this. Seventy-three degrees. The the sun is out. A little bit of a breeze coming off the lake. Man, it is it is nice. So wheat down here right now. Sweet. Uh coming up here at the bottom of the hour, Matt LaFleur spoke a little bit earlier today. You're gonna hear that conversation following up from last night's conversation. Uh in the meantime, uh we were talking with Paul Charchi and and doing some of the uh, you know the fantasy draft stuff so that was good. Uh one of the things that uh, was brought up was would you take Justin Fields as a rusher? Well, I I uh, my 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 thought is that you know, first of all, you take him as a quarterback because anything he gives you when he scores is is, you know, it's <laughs> it counts as points anyway. So you know, I, you know, if you're taking, if you're asking me, if you would take him as a running back, I don't think I would take him as a running back, to be perfectly honest with you. So you, I don't think you can go in that direction. 877 If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Um, the, uh, this is from Jake. Uh, Jake says, uh, would you, uh, talking about Jared Goff. Um, uh, you know uh golf wasn't golf is not out for the season right grant correct me if i'm wrong that's not a big breaking story that i missed right no I Jer- i don't think he's hurt at all is he is he banged up did i miss something so somebody said over in the live stream he's out for the season put on ir yesterday which is that's uh, james that's totally crap uh never met, never saw that so that's one of those that's one of those comments that gets you banned uh, on the stream, by the way, just for uh, spewing stupidity for more than anything. So there you go. Uh, yeah, he said no. I wouldn't take golf. Golf is out for the season, uh, so no, he's not. I didn't. I didn't miss anything. I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything in that realm. But uh, that's what they were saying. No, I, Jared Goff. Um, you know, I I tell you this. You look at his numbers last year. If he can duplicate what he did last year, God, those are really really good numbers. He was top five, top seven quarterback in the National Football League last year. So if you're going to think about taking a quarterback other than maybe one of the preeminent names, like, if you don't get, like, like who would be the top five quarterbacks right now in the National Football League? You would probably, you start with Patrick Mahomes and work your way backwards, and you probably have to say Joe Burrow at number two. Um, I think Rodgers is going to have a hell of a year this year. I know some people would disagree with me. And as much as Rodgers, uh, you know, in what I've said, it kind of goes, um, you know, I don't know, um, with getting personal more than kind of the the professional side of things. As a professional, you're a hell of a quarterback. Uh, I think he's going to bounce back. We, he's always, whenever he's been doubted, whenever he's been put in a position in which people believe he can fail, he usually bounces back in a big way and plays extremely well. And last year, I think he's coming out this season with something to prove after the broken thumb season last year and to still say, I still have it. Plus, don't forget, uh, first of all, New York is – going to be tough on him and secondly I he's not looking at this as a one-year deal I don't believe I mean unless he wins a championship and rides off into the sunset I don't think he's looking at this as a one-year deal so I think he's going to be bouncing back so he'd probably be third or fourth on my list to his first half of the season last year was really solid until he ended up getting banged up and the the concussions cost him time Uh, Josh Allen I think is still good I think Jared Goff is really good I think Jalen Hurts is right in there um and you're waiting for Jalen Hurts to take even yet another step forward because he had an incredible season. I think in Philadelphia it's kinda of like a lot of places when you are not expected to do well and then you do extremely well, people go, Oh, that's great and then they say, Wow, can you do it again or was it a fluke? I think that's what they're waiting for in Philadelphia to see if Jalen Hurts was a fluke. So when you when you look at kind of the the best quarterbacks and I and no, I don't Mark, no, I don't ever put Dak Prescott in that Dak, and Mark must be a Cowboys fan. He comes at me all the time about Dak Prescott. No, I wouldn't put Dak Prescott in the elite because he's not. He doesn't win in the postseason. I, I, I wouldn't put Kirk Cousins. Now, if you're talking about fantasy, maybe he's going to get you some fantasy points, but I'd probably go with Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff, or Dak Prescott, especially with the interceptions he threw last year. And there's no guarantee he's not going to throw them again this season. He made a lot of bad decisions and just, quite frankly, a lot of bad throws. So there's no way I would take that precedent. Grant, who would be your top five quarterbacks in the National Football League?
1: Fantasy or or just regular for the sake of winning games? Just in general. Uh, Just in general? Just just in general. Um, Mahomes and Burrow are probably one or two. I think you got that. If Jalen Hurts looks closer to the version of himself that was in the Super Bowl, then he's in my top five. Um, Herbert, probably, you know what? And you know what? I'll say it, Bill. I think maybe Trevor Lawrence over, over Josh Allen. I could be, I could be wrong, but I think Trevor Lawrence is going to blow up this year. So he might be my top five too.
0: That's, you know, that's a good point. Trevor Lawrence looked really good last year. And, you know, I know that it's, it's going to be his third year, but man, that first year under Urban Meyer was just such a terrible season doesn't count and i got it yeah it, it's, it's kind of like you just want to wipe it away you know and it's not even like it was a COVID year and you couldn't be with your guys or anything this was just a really bad coaching performance on a lot of levels and a very disorganized organization and he just never had the benefit of actually being a structured quarterback in the national football league until doug peterson got there so i i would I Trevor, you know I've got the guys I would have on that bubble would be Trevor Lawrence. Justin Herbert uh, is one because we keep hearing about Justin Herbert's going to take him. Justin Herbert's going to take him. He's about ready to break out and he hasn't yet. He's played well but he hasn't broken out. So Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, uh, Josh Allen, he's kind of teetering, and you're waiting to for, waiting to see what side of the fence he falls on. Is he going to fall on the positive side where it's all of a sudden here here you go, Josh Allen? incredible season back near a super bowl back running deep into the postseason or is it josh allen going ah red zone you're killing me man you're killing me that's the josh allen that we kind of came to came to know at the end of the season last year um let's do this we're going to go ahead and uh, take a quick break when we come back today matt Lafleur spoke you want to hear what today's conversation was all about more of the bill michael show it's all coming up next
3: this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network
0: Cashing live, we are down at the Harley Davidson Museum in downtown Milwaukee. It is good to have you on board today, and this is the sign of the motorcycle ride coming up this coming Sunday. This coming Sunday, we uh, we leave here. We go on about a 95 to 97 mile ride. We raise a lot of money for veterans, Fisher House, Wisconsin, and uh, hopefully uh, you're along for the ride. It's going to be a lot of fun, and if you haven't gotten pre-registered yet, all you got to do. Is go to facebook.com/slash/big-unit-poker-run. Facebook.com/slash/big-unit-poker-run, and get registered. Otherwise, we'll just see you down here uh, for registration opening up at 8 a.m. on site at the Harley-Davidson Museum here in downtown Milwaukee. Uh, it was funny just yesterday. I uh, <laughs> somebody on the live stream said, "Hey." Whatever happened to that guy, Gerard? And uh, lo and behold, uh, he must have been listening or watching—one of the two. But Gerard, uh, coming to us from uh, New Jersey in that area, is uh, on the line. Uh, Gerard, what's going on, man? <laughs>
2: How you doing, Bill? Uh, yeah, I'm doing I, good, uh, buddy. No, I'm—I um, am. Let's say in Delaware, where I am, I could take the Lewis Ferry and an hour and a half, and be over in Jersey. Okay, which I don't okay. like to do but sometimes I go down to visit my family that's mostly in the cemetery down there, unfortunately, but, you know, I try to stay away from New Jersey anymore. Uh, but... Uh, okay. Anyway, I, um, it, it, the only thing good about Jersey that's left is the Italian food. Other than that, there's nothing Right. There. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. but um, I like to talk about the uh, love, uh, Lafleur and Van Ness. Um, now, look, we saw Lafleur get too emotional for me last year. Okay, I'm not into that coaching, crying, and all that stuff like that. But don't forget, there's so many young players on the team now. He he can really, really tell them and put them in the right direction, and he could do it in such a way that they're going to listen, right? So, so uh-huh. I think he's going to have a, I think he's going to have a powerful voice, and they're going to listen to him. And what I'm going to say about love, and I, I'm I've been looking at this. And I'm going to rate this on a 1 to 10. And I'm going to say 10 is, is 5, Rodgers, and, and Bart Starr, right? Let's look at it that way. A 6 okay. is Dickey. A 5 is Magic Man. And I'm going to say by looking at Love, he has a chance because he has a good offensive line, a good defensive line. I think he has a chance to be a 7 or an 8. I really do. I really do. And, and, and you know, but rating it that way, if you, you know, I, I think I, you know, I, I think I could, uh, I've seen all these guys play. I, I think I could, uh, I'm pretty accurate with that. But as far as, you know, that that's my look at love. and Now, Vanette, this is interesting, Bill. And you watch, you watch the preseason games, right? What they were doing with him, they put him on the right side. <clears throat> and they were looping him right to where the guard in the center was many times. And he was taking up two blockers. Now, it wasn't a stunt. But what was happening is the linebacker, sometimes Walker, and sometimes the other linebackers that were playing, came up and filled that gap where he was. And the other team was running. It's almost like, you know, running to that side. And what it did, it permitted two things. If they were running to that side, the Packers tackled them for either no gain or a loss. And if you remember when Kenny Clark was in there, they were doing that. And Kenny Clark was getting free shots at the quarterback. And then more that kid, uh, 94, who really is impressive. That guy, he was getting free shots when they were doing that. I found that really interesting. I saw one time where Van Ness, they sort of, he sort of was stopped at the line and he dropped back. Other than that, that's what i seen out of them, what they were doing with them. Uh, I didn't see him. I only seen him once overpower a guy, push the guy back. But I didn't see him, you, you know, just a blatant pass rush, you know, like a, an all-out pass rush. They were using him really weird. and I, could, I was trying to figure it out, and I went back and I watched it, and I went back and I watched that. I couldn't figure out how they were using him. But I don't know that looping around thing that was very effective. Really effective. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've seen out of him. You know, like you were talking about him. So I thought I'd I'd tell you what I've seen out of him. Other than that, other than that, what did you think of the Jonathan Taylor thing? Did you would you have? They were talking about it. Let's say AJ Dillon in the second round. Would you have done that? Would you have done that? I, I w-
0: if I had a shot that uh, a that that Jonathan Taylor was going to remain. And, yeah, I would have done it. Uh, if, if you're the Packers and you can upgrade it, can you imagine having a backfield of both Jonathan Taylor and Aaron Jones? I, I mean, no, I would I, have done that hard. No. Oh, would I have done it if I was the, uh, the, the, the Colts?
2: Well, be the way. If you you were good and coach, you would have done it then. You're saying you would do that.
0: I would have done it. I would have done it if I was the Colts. I would have done it, and I think it was a third-round pick, but I would have done it either way because – the Colts have got uh, a guy that's a little bit banged up and very disgruntled that doesn't want to be there, and you've already said you don't value him, so what's the big deal? You know, you get a third-round pick for it, plus you get a power running back, and you've got kind of a power running game that you emulate anyway, and in the meantime, the Packers get another weapon to go behind Jordan Love, to take the pressure off of Jordan Love, and now you got to account for both Aaron Jones and, and Jonathan Taylor, so I... I would have done that either way in a heartbeat. I don't know. I, well, and I don't know what the Colts are thinking. I just think it's just a, a just a stupid organization that sticks its foot in its <laughs> mouth on the continuum.
2: Um, you, you know, let me ask you a question. Now he's on the pump list, uh, Taylor. In four weeks, they could still make right. that trade. They could still yeah, do that. They could. They could still make that dude. Yeah. And financially, then it. the only way it would work out, from what I'm reading now. Okay, I'm just going by. Uh, I think it was Ingles or whatever it was. He wrote that they would have to restructure Gary and trade put Nyman in, in that trade in order for that trade to work financially if they were to extend Taylor. Yeah,
0: I don't know what that all. Appreciate the phone calls always, Gerard. I don't know what pull that in, but it's something. Definitely, that uh, the, the, if the Packers could do it, they would do it. I, I I don't doubt that for a second. I don't necessarily think that you're going to start uh, depleting your offensive line by throwing those guys in. Let's do this. Uh, I know we're a little bit late. I want to uh, I, I want to get to uh, 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 Matt Lafleur before. Uh, time gets away from us so we're going to take a quick break we'll come back Matt LaFleur is not real long today so I want to get that in when we come back stay tuned we got a lot more of the Bill Michael show down here at the Harley-Davidson Museum in Milwaukee coming up now covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the
3: Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone radio network
0: Continuing on, and uh, we are broadcasting live down here at the Harley-Davidson Museum where the wind has kicked up, man, it kicked up, coming off the lake, a little bit cool, actually cooled things down a little bit. Um, Right now, things are cool uh, in Green Bay, only for the fact that uh, they have not played a game, not have won a game, not have lost a game as of yet. Things are just uh, copacetic right now, just uh, getting ready for the regular season. Matt LaFleur just a little earlier met with the media. Here's what he had to say.
1: Some of the guys were talking, undrafted guys were talking about, you know, how they found out that they made the team and some of the messages that got relayed. Them, just, for as difficult as that day can be with cutdowns, how special is it, you know, when you can kind of feel the relay to some of these guys that, you know,
4: that train is Yeah, it's, it's always a bittersweet day because these guys have invested so much into it. And, uh, it's you know, it's tough to, for a guy not to make the team. But then there's the flip side of that of some of these guys, like you mentioned, where we have three undrafted guys make the squad. I think that's, um, I mean, it's a credit to them. It's a credit to the guys that our scouting department, finding these guys, wanting them to be a part of our 90-man roster, and then them coming in with the right approach, right attitude, the work ethic, learning everything that they need to learn in, in a short period of time in order for them to accomplish that. And that's big time. <clears throat>
3: With Dave, I'm not asking for like what your exact plan is, but um, did you find a sweet spot last year just because he's played so much and he played so well on limited practice? Reps? Is that kind of the way to go? Or um, as he progresses, would you, is it possible he could practice more? I'm not asking for exact kind, of, kind of a generalization of what you're thinking.
4: Of. I think it's going to be fluid. I think we've learned that right now. Sure, but I guess I, him going
3: once a week for most of his time last year, mean he played it pretty well, right?
4: And yeah, he did a really nice job, so it'll be fluid. Matt, you mentioned uh, Daniel's big leg, obviously. What else about him
1: stood out or, or did you take note of the most in terms of just how he ended up winning that
4: competition with Pat? Well, the other thing that's required of him is he's our holder and he did a really nice job with that and I think he learned and grew and um, he's still learning, he's still growing so, but I think you know, just everything we asked him to do, I thought he did a really nice job with
2: Hey Matt, the, this
4: little three day break that the league has, I think they mandate this, right? You gotta have I mean, per number. the CBA
2: yes. um, What do you do you like that? And there's a chance, hey we just went through this whole grind and then we get a chance to you guys and the players to take a little bit of a breather before you gotta get going I do like that.
3: How have you adjusted your, your preparation now that they don't have the, the fourth preseason game? This this week, do you treat it any differently than, obviously, you did in the past in terms of getting forward on, on week one?
4: Um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously it, it's a lot different because um, typically like going back to that fourth preseason game, it was almost like you were getting two different teams ready to play. You're getting the Guys that were going to play in the fourth preseason game, their their looks, and then you're getting the guys that weren't going to play, um, a little head start on the opponent. So, yeah, I would say it's it's quite a bit different than it used to be.
3: What did you guys how did you get them up to speed? Especially I mean they came and beat a facility for these three days, kind of.
4: Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> uh, well, regardless of that, I guess how do you get? They, they're obviously months
3: behind everybody how do you get them up to speed so they could potentially contribute in some way here it's gonna
4: be a lot of uh studying on your own so i mean they got the playbook they've got videos um you know they're gonna to have to work their tail off over the next couple days and, and play catch up because uh it could be a situation where they could both be up you never know it's just gonna be it's really on them to you know, we're going to obviously help and guide them along the way, but it's on them to try to learn this stuff as quickly as possible in order to be able to go in there and contribute.
3: So you speak of your coaches. I'm not sure how much time they have to set aside for a guy like Ben Sims when they have a game plan to get ready. Is there enough time in their day to? We have enough
4: coaches. Yes. <laughs> we will find guys to help. You know, expedite that process. So we've got we're I think that's one of the beauties of just you look at the staffs in the league this in, in this day and age and yeah you know, I mean you almost have a two deep at every position. So um that'll that that kind of opens up some time for you know, and it's quite a quite honestly, it's it's a great experience for some of our younger coaches, like a guy like in the tight end room, Rob Grosso, is spending time with Ben and trying to get him up to speed and um, it's great for his own teaching development.
1: As I'm sure if it were up to Keyshawn, he'd probably be offense, defense, special teams returner, etc. Do you have a? Feel
4: Is there for anything you? he can't do? No. He, he probably wants us to slant him up at quarterback.
1: Probably. Do you have a feel yet for how to best utilize his snaps that he gets in a game, and can he still be, you know, a primary kick returner and punt returner, and, and still be that first team all-pro he was a season ago?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think he's done a great job. I think. uh, one thing that we all know about Key is he de- definitely doesn't lack confidence, which is, is I mean that in a, in a great way. Um, so we'll just kind of see how it goes. But certainly I don't have any reservations about anything we ask him to do.
3: I asked Brian the same question yesterday. Jordan played a lot in the preseason, obviously. what What did you learn about him
2: over the past month?
3: just by the the, the sheer volume of snaps that you've seen him play in this role that that maybe you didn't
4: know before. A lot's a relative term. I don't know. How many snaps did he play? You guys probably know that. He played
3: regularly. He played eight eight possessions. It was a decent
4: sample size. Yeah, I I just think that kind of what we saw in practice is translated to the game, and that's what you're always trying to find. And uh, I just wouldn't say there was anything new, so to speak. It was just more or less what we see on a daily basis. That's
0: good.
4: All right, guys. We'll see you all out there.
0: There you go. Matt LaFleur talking to the media. See you all out there. There you have it. And uh, up in Green Bay just a little while ago. uh, Broadcasting live here at the Harley-Davidson Museum is where you can find us. And uh, just enjoying a picture-perfect day. I mean, it doesn't get much better than this. Uh, The wind kicked up a little bit out of the out of the northeast and uh, a little cool coming off the lake but beyond that i mean you sit in the sun boy it's perfect it's perfect out there bikes are starting to roll in people coming down here for lunch today and motor but the reason we are here. And as we've been reminding you all day long is we've got the motorcycle ride coming up. Today kicks off HDQ, which is kind of like their version of a barbecue, but they're having a big Labor Day weekend celebration all, all, all weekend long down here at the Harley-Davidson Museum. And it culminates on Sunday with our motorcycle ride. Uh, we uh, have the registration tables open up at 8 a.m. 11 a.m. Kickstands up. They have a pancake breakfast, full breakfast, eggs and pancakes and bacon and sausage and all that kind of stuff. Bloody Mary Bar, the whole thing. And uh, you can come down here and uh, walk through the museum early on. And then Kickstands up at 11. And we uh, head off uh, to our first destination, which is the Rock Complex down in Franklin, Wisconsin. And we're off from there for a 95 mile motorcycle ride uh, with a few stops along the way. And then we have a party after the fact out at Steel Tank Brewing in Oconomowoc. But all along, we're raising money for Fisher House, Wisconsin, for military members, veterans, and their families. So please, if you know anybody that rides a bike, if you ride a bike, doesn't matter what kind of motorcycle it is, uh, you know, what brand. It doesn't matter. Come on down and join us. Uh, Yes, we've had a lot of questions about uh, the spiders, the Can-Am spiders. And so, yeah, you can bring them. We tend to stagger them, but yes, you're not ostracized by any stretch of the imagination. We'd love to have you, so please come out and join us, and uh, we're going to have a few cars that are going to follow behind this year. Uh, We've got a a couple of slingshots that are going to be in the procession this year as well, so come on out it's all for a great cause we won't we won't turn you away that's for sure so we certainly certainly appreciate it and certainly appreciate all the support but we can't grow this we can't get bigger and better without you and uh, we need you to help us out and spread the word so whether you're in milwaukee or lacrosse or green bay wherever part you're coming from i have somebody coming from british columbia that is coming for the ride a motorcycle coming over from hawaii to be a part of the ride we've got a motorcyclist on his way and an american icon driving in riding in from new jersey as we speak tim duffy the new york city firefighter that rode that iconic harley davidson into the twin towers on that tragic tragic day he's going to be here with us so you can too more the bill michael show another hour yet to go coming up right after this